just in general, whether it's on your podcast or on your platform, like if you're really called to share something and then also feel a lot of resistance around sharing it, it's like a little nudge that you should probably share it. And you should probably lean into that because we're so connected. And if you're having an experience that you feel comfortable sharing, chances are it's going to help a lot of people that are also in a similar situation or having that experience. And whenever they find the episode or the post, they're going to feel really seen by you. Hello, and welcome to the Your Best Selfie podcast. I'm your host, Carrie And. I'm a content marketer, creator, and coach with one goal, to help you tap into your inner wisdom so you can show up as your best self at home and online. On this podcast, we'll talk to awesome humans about how they have tapped into being their best selves, finding alignment with what we were truly put on this planet to do, and how social media makes a difference in our lives. I started this podcast because I hear from way too many friends and clients who know that they want more from their lives, yet they're terrified to take that first step. I hope this podcast will inspire you to help you break out of your comfort zone, to step into the life that you are truly meant to live. I hope that you'll leave each episode feeling inspired, uplifted, and ready to live your life as the best version of you every single day, while feeling brave enough to share that person with all of us online too. Now, whether you're listening in your car, while you're cleaning the house, or you're just kicking back playing with your phone, we'll always start out the same way. I invite you to stop what you're doing and take a deep breath with me. Make it the deepest one that you've taken all day. Awesome. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey friends, Carrie here. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Best Selfie podcast. On today's episode, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Krista Ritma. Krista is a digital marketer and launch strategist and the founder of Authentic Audience. She also hosts a podcast with the same name, the Authentic Audience Podcast. Her method is all about radically honest business and authentic marketing. And in addition to entrepreneurship, she shares about mental health, spirituality, self-care, and the growth edges of the human experience. And we really dive into that spirituality, using spirituality in business and her ritual and self-care to to really take her business and her life to the next level. So I know that you're going to totally dig today's episode and let's go ahead and jump in with Krista Ritma. All right. Thank you, Krista. I'm so excited to see your face and chat with you today. And I can't wait to hear all the good stuff that you have for our audience. Thank you for having me and congrats on this podcast. I'm from one Gemini to another who loves to communicate. It's an incredible platform and I find like such an intimate and cool way to connect with people in the long form content, which is kind of rare these days. Yes. And I can't wait to ask for all your advice on podcast stuff. So we'll definitely Mm -hmm. get into that a little bit more, but before we start, I asked you in advance, if you would pull a card, because that's something that you do before all of your meetings and events. And I love that you do that. So what card did you pull for our audience today? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for asking me to do that. I feel very seen. Um, I'm pulling from my divine guidance story and virtue Oracle deck, which is my like tried and true deck that I've come back to for years. And I pulled the law of attraction. 
So this card says each thought is an investment that pays immediate dividends. So invest wisely. You'll have the power to choose your thoughts and align them with love, peace, and harmony. At your request, we will get gladly attune your energies to higher frequencies. And it says the angels gave you this card as a reminder that the law of attraction can help improve the current situation. Complaints and worry only attract more of the same. So elevate your thoughts to attract what you desire. Several times a day, imagine that the situation was presently healed and perfectly manifested. Feel gratitude that it is already so in spirit, which is the first part of attracting material aspects of the situation. I love this. I love that too. It's so perfect. I mean, they're always so perfect, but I'm always surprised. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's how it feels for me too. When I pull cards, but I love that you've really made it a practice of starting your meetings that way, because it really holds the space in such a cool way and gets everybody kind of on the same page too. Yeah. You know, I'm really trying to bring as in as much of me and just as much intention and sacredness into the digital space, because that's where I connect with people, um, whether it's on Instagram or a class or a webinar. And so I started doing that years ago. And then before I knew it, it just became like a part of the ritual. And I'm so glad that you enjoy it. I love it. Awesome. Well, before we get too far into our conversation, the first question that I ask all of my guests is when do you feel most like your best self? Well, I feel like my best self when I'm on a strategy call, for sure. It's when I drop into flow. So one of my offerings is a 90 minute strategy session and we build together your goals and strategy. And it's just definitely my zone of genius is looking at where you are now and looking at where you want to get to and helping you build a strategy that's going to get you there starting right now. So I really feel myself and at my best when I'm coaching, teaching and sharing information with somebody that could transform their life and business and seeing that like aha moment is really beautiful. And I also feel most myself when I'm sailing. Yeah. Just on the water. Anytime I'm on or around the ocean, I'm like, ah, there she is. (laughs) I love that for you. And I feel so aligned with you in terms of being on a strategy call, you know, we were born, I think 10 days apart, like Mm -hmm. not, you know, we're very similar, same year. Yeah. Yeah. And so I totally feel that in terms of like the ideas, I have so many ideas and when you can give other people the ideas and then it turns on the light bulbs for them, there is nothing better for us Gemini's. Yeah. To spark that, to spark it, you know, for somebody, and then they can run with it and go fly Um, again, which is also great for us Gemini's because we don't do well in long-term, you know, commitments. So if we can go really deep with somebody, whether it's on a podcast or on a strategy call or for like a 90 day project, and then they can go sore from that and nobody's reliant on you or, um, you know, expecting things of you after that, it works really well for me. So I think too, I'm best supportive or I'm most supportive in like very clear, um, you know, uh, timelines and timeframes. So we know like, okay, here's where we're starting. Here's where we're getting, here's what I can deliver and then go fly and go soar. So it's, it's fun. I think we're really doing, we're living our charts. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, that totally segues into what I want to ask you about. Cause one of the things that I think you do so well, and I've really seen you step into more 
maybe more publicly at least over the last year or so is finding the spirit of your business. Mm. And so I've heard you say that you use Reiki in your strategy sessions. And we just talked about pulling a card. So how have you brought spirituality into business and how do you find that those really align well for the people that you're serving? Yeah, I mean, great question. And it's something I've always done for myself. Um, the whole time spirituality has just been a part of who I am. I have a deep spiritual practice and very witchy. I'm a Reiki master and yoga teacher. And yet I have this knack for business and growth and working with people that are really talented and really gifted, but don't necessarily know how to reach their dream clients in a strategic and scalable way. And so that's really where I've started to play, but I'm also this like whole person outside of like the marketing lens that I use to communicate and connect with people in the world. So I had a, um, two, two things changed it for me. One is I had a mentor of mine that we both know, Aaron, Weed, say to me once, you know, your purpose here is a spiritual one, but you mask it with a marketing company. And that I felt very true. Um, and then as I've sort of eased into not really being a startup anymore, you know, we're five years old, we have a good reputation, our strategies work. And so I could, I started to lean into and give myself permission more to bring more of me into it and really create and curate an exceptional experience for somebody. And to do that requires somebody who knows that they're alive, somebody who is excited about like a holistic approach to business. And really the energy of our business is so sacred. And what I realized over the last year is that's what I serve. So I don't actually serve my clients. I'm serving their business. And that's who I'm writing a strategy for. And that's who I'm creating all these campaigns for is like the message and the energy of this business that wants to come through. And ever since I just, you know, made that connection, everything has been coming through in such a different way, but in such a more natural way. And that is before every call in the same way I used to, um, before I taught a yoga class, say a prayer, um, and call in the guides and healers for these people to give them what they need and support them for their highest and greatest good. I do that for my clients now. So before I teach a course or before I have a live workshop, I'm literally raking every single person coming, calling in their energy, connecting with them and asking them to step aside so I can work with the spirit of their business. And this has been something I've also been doing for a very long time, but I just started sharing like, this is what I'm actually doing here. <laughs> and the spiritual piece is just as important and the intuitive piece as the strategy and that balance and that dance is actually what makes for the best experience when working with us. Um, and you get so much more out of it than, you know, a successful launch. Hopefully you have a new energy around launching around serving your business around serving your clients and overall just excitement about what it is you've been chosen to do, um, whatever that is. And so when we can separate ourselves from our business and recognize that we've really been chosen and that we're really here to serve this message, this energy that wants to come through us, it allows us to just 
remove our ego and step aside and create strategies and conversations that maybe we wouldn't have before. So yeah, I Reiki everyone. I pull cards all the time and I'm constantly asking the ego of the client to just sit over here for a moment because the human experience, very important, your ego, very important. Um, but oftentimes it's what's stopping us from getting to the next level is us. That's so beautiful. I love everything you just said. And that is, that feels just so good. And you are such like a hype woman, you know, like you get on a call and you just leave it feeling better. So I love that about our time together. And I know that you bring that to all the calls you have with your clients. And I'm sure a big part of that is the way that you show up and the spirituality that you bring in. Yeah. I mean, even if spirituality is like too strong of a word for you, if you're listening to this, it's the intention. I think it's like setting a container, setting an intention, setting an energy for how you want this person to respond to or react to whatever it is you're saying. And so much of that, even though it's done virtually over the over the airwaves this way, um, it matters. And so that space we create, like reading this card, Um, sitting where you are, wherever you're listening in this moment that you're listening is like exactly where you're supposed to be and leaning into that trust and leaning into that surrender that if whatever it is you want to do for business is your calling. And I can ask you right now, like, do you feel that what you're doing right now and what you're being pulled into is following your calling? Yes, definitely. In that case, it can't fail. because it's what you're supposed to do here. Like, and if you really believe this is what I'm supposed to be doing, like I am called, I am pulled and you lean in and you surrender to the fact that it's literally your Dharma and you can't fail. Maybe it's not going to look exactly how you wanted it to look and how you imagined it to look, but success is inevitable when we start leaning into that. And so I think that energetic change for people and just the being in service to our business and in partnership with our business and loving up our business, the same way we do our clients and our kids and our friends, like this is our partner. This is what's putting a roof over our head. This is what's, you know, and oftentimes I think we have this like energetic tension um, with our business or not feeling good enough or not feeling this and that. And just all of that matters, especially when we're like externally sharing with our clients, our customers, um, and the energy we bring to it really matters, especially for us Geminis who could literally talk about anything all day, forever, for hours. It's not necessarily what we're saying. It's the energy behind it. That is what's landing with people. And once we sort of realize that power within ourselves, um, it just becomes easier to expand and reach the people that we're supposed to be reaching. So be you, (laughs) be yourself, be a witch, be whatever it is that makes you weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. Yep. I totally agree. And you had talked about really feeling like your business is a separate entity to some extent, right? And so often us as business owners can get so sucked in and just be all business all the time, especially like working from home. You work a lot with your husband. So I'm sure that that is like a hard (laughs) to break a conversation at dinner around your business. So one thing I think you do really well that I'm sure is something you practice over time is boundaries. So how do you separate the business and the day-to-day from your personal life and not take on so much of your client stuff too, when you get on a call that seems really heavy. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll let you know when I figure it out, but (laughs) I definitely, I still take it on, but I think what I've gotten really good at is clearing it. Um, so I'm still working on not reacting and not taking it on and not feeling like I'm responsible or feeling like I need to respond right away. I think that's definitely like a solopreneur attitude as we're wearing every hat and we feel like we need to be available to everyone all the time. And I strongly relate. And I think a lot of us do, especially women, um, our self-worth with being available to other people, like our kids or our partners or friends. Um, and that makes us a good parent or a good friend or whatever. And the same goes for work. And I feel that, um, people will take advantage of that. Like you, have to be the one, no one else is going to be like, you're letting me get away with too much, you know, like they're just going to keep pushing. And I think everybody is in their own story. And so one remembering that like me in that person's story is their marketing person who should be available. Like I'm not this like person that has like mental health and a life and a husband, right? Like I am their marketing person and, and that's how they're treating me in this situation. So One, we have to like hold our sovereignty and hold our sacredness within our time is the first thing. And just recognizing that. And when it goes too far or when it crosses a line, there's a lot we can do on our own to clear the energy without even like involving the other person. So for me, oftentimes like at the end of the day, or I'll send a proposal that still freaks me out. Anytime I send a proposal, I have to cut the cord, like from whether or not they're even going to say yes, like this is fair. We could crush this. I put everything, you know, and I have to just cut it. So I think my advice, because I can't really speak to separating it because I'm still learning how to do that. But what really helps me at the end of the day is cutting the cord from my to-do list, cutting the cord from my email, from my internet, from my socials, like, cause all of these energies are just like hijacking us all day long. Um, real energies, like our kids and friends and family that we love and want to take care of, but at the same time, we're still being like energetically pulled. And so cutting those cords, yes. But then going to another level of like wishing my business well, wishing my clients well, wishing the person who gave me a piece of their mind that I had no control, you know, like just, and cutting all of that energy, especially social media from all the likes, all the DMS, all the non-likes, all the unfollows, all the unsubscribes, all of that energy is affecting us. And so what I feel that I've really gotten good at is I've like a two hour wind down at the end of every night. And for the first 30 minutes, I sit up in my tub and my mind just spins and I let it like, I almost like let it unravel and uh, like get to the point where I can just like, okay, it's out. I'm cutting it because sometimes we don't even know what to cut until we start realizing where our mind is going. And so I kind of just let it go. And that tells me what is like weighing on me. And from there I can like energetically and intentionally cut each cord. It's not, it doesn't have to be like a hack, you know, like a, a huge knife. It can be like a gentle, like I'm sacred and this is my time now and nothing is urgent and nothing is ASAP. That is also been huge. Um, we have a motto in our business that nothing is ASAP. (laughs) And so when somebody like sends us an email, like, Hey, can you send this back to me ASAP? It's like, 
<laughs> go away. Um, no, I cannot, you know, no, I, no, I cannot. And mm-hmm. thank you so much. So I think recognizing that nothing's urgent, like it's really not, it's really, really not. And, um, especially in our, you know, in business and cutting the cords at the end of the day to bring my like self back home, um, has been a really important process. I love that so much. And one thing that you said on a podcast at one point that really stuck with me was you talked about your meditation practice of like how everybody was on the beach and they all mm-hmm. went away. So I will link that episode in the yeah. show notes. Cause I love well, that I so have, much. I have, I do have that cord cutting meditation. I do that's separate actually, which I could send you, but you can also link that totally. Yeah. But I've recorded that meditation because people have asked for it and I asked for it. So maybe a challenge for you guys listening, instead of downloading mine, which by all means, please do. That's why I made it. Um, I asked for my own. So I was sitting in the bath one night, having a very extreme experience with a cord that I just could not cut. I didn't know how to cut it. And then I just asked, I said, I need a cord cutting meditation. Like, please take me through how to do this. And all of a sudden there, I was on the beach walking out and it was all of the people that I love because they take our energy too. And one of my favorite teachers says the only cords you shouldn't cut are your partners or your kids. Um, but even sometimes you can cut your partners and I do, I cut Clay's cords sometimes because <laughs> sometimes he's having an experience and there's just nothing I can do. And I need to like be in my own energy. And, um, so I was literally like, I downloaded this meditation just in the bath one night and it was so good. I continued to do it and continued to do it. And then I did it live for somebody once and they were like, you should really record that. Um, So I did, and it's out there now and people, people find it and it's supportive. I feel because sometimes we just don't, we don't know how to do it. Um, But when in doubt, you can always ask um, and you'll most likely be led somewhere. Awesome. And so you talked a lot about doing meditations for cord cutting and releasing and letting go. But the card that you picked at the beginning was the law of attraction. So I got to ask about that as well. How are you bringing in new opportunities, new clients, new connections? What's your process for that? I love this question and I love manifestation and I love action. And this is a huge piece, way more of what I do. And my energy is focused on this is focused on what I'm calling in versus what I'm cutting and what I'm letting go of. And so right now, I mean, this law of attraction card couldn't be, couldn't be better. And I think so oftentimes we get stuck in what we don't want, which is great. It's great to know. I won't throw her under the bus, but I have somebody in my life who's currently single and she's very focused on what she doesn't want. And I find that that's what she keeps finding in men is exactly what she doesn't want. So one it's great to know that, but we attract what we fear, right? So whatever is ruminating in our minds is like really what is going to be our experience. Um, you know, our projection is our thoughts and that's what we experience. So if you're coming from a place of lack or fear or focusing on something that is a wound or a pattern and like, why does this keep happening? Well, it's because you're thinking about it. So what I like to do is I do like a future visualization and I do this all the time. I actually did it on a recent solo podcast episode at the very end. I did like a 10 minute future visualization and It's about getting really, really clear on what we do want and not feeling selfish about it. 
that's, I think, really important. I don't think desiring is selfish. I think wanting things at the expense of others is what makes something selfish. So one, like knowing that you're so worthy of your desires. And if you write them all down and you think, oh my God, who am I to want these things? Like that's the first little nugget to dive into because we need to feel worthy of getting on that energetic wavelength of whatever it is we're calling in. And the, I guess the spoiler alert is it's already yours. So that is the mindset. And especially this card, it even said at the end, like it's already there, um, whatever the money is, whatever the, um, you know, whether I know I'm really calling in a baby right now and like, she's already here, you know, like, and I really believe that. And so when we feel this way about our business as well, like I really decided to let go a few days ago about this financial situation that was going on. And I just exhaled. I let go. And I said, I am rewriting the story right now. I trust that this is coming. I trust that this is going to happen. I deserve this time. Like I just said it out loud. And within 24 hours, everything fell into place. And it's, I kid you not, like I've seen money fall out of the sky. Um, and so not worrying about how it's going to happen or where it's going to happen, but just trusting that this is what I desire it's already mine. And that also helps us take action steps to get there today. Um, so that's a really nice segue into strategy because now it's like, okay, we know where we're going. Um, and I have journal prompts that I help people um, that guide them in this direction because a lot of people are like, I don't know what I want. And so it's really hard to manifest and call in what you want if you don't know. And so my friend Amanda actually has this really beautiful guide um, that helps you figure out what it is you want, because that's the first step. And then when you know what you want, closing your eyes and like spending a day in the shoes of you six months from now, or I like to, if it's business related, I'll have people write down like their five wins for the next year right? Like I've hit X amount. I've got this many new clients. I've grown my, like whatever those success metrics are, we need to know them one. So we can call it in two, so we can create action and strategy to actually hit these goals and three, so we can celebrate and know when we're winning. Um, and if we don't have goals, like we don't know when we we've hit our goals and we don't know when we're beyond our goals and surpassed our goals. So I think having, optimistic yet attainable goals is huge. And then really calling in and picturing ourselves and our lives with whatever it is that we want and whatever it is we desire for ourselves, our business, our families, and staying in that energy and staying in that zone. And I, it, part of my spiritual practice is a lot around Lakshmi, the goddess of prosperity and abundance. And so really surrendering it to her and thanking her for every little thing and putting money at her feet in the morning. And like, I have such a spiritual ritual around money. Um, I find money to be the most sacred thing. And sometimes for people, the most vulnerable and scary thing, whether it's to not have enough or actually scared to like be successful, I find too. Um, because there's like negative connotations with that. So first and foremost, figuring out what you want. Second of all, feeling worthy of what it is you want and not guilty or selfish and knowing that you're fully deserving and that it's already yours. And then step three is creating actual, real, tangible steps because you can't just sit in a cave all day and meditate on what it is you want, right? I think that there's 
a huge part of our culture who feels that way. And I'm really big on action and a lot of it. And that action actually building the momentum that's telling the universe and telling these, you know, pulling in these energies towards us. And the more action we take, smart action, um, not just action for the sake of it, but intentional. Um, it really is amazing. And I've seen it work not only in my life, but with my clients and with my business. And when that mindset shift happens and the worthiness appears and the receiving, you know, you open to, to fully receiving it's really we're held. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And you talked a little bit about ritual in that. So I want to kind of get a little bit more into that because it feels so good to think about future pacing and seeing yourself and staying in that vibration. But so many times throughout the day, things come up that can kind of take you out of that or you wake up and you're not feeling good or whatever it is. So how do you really overall stay in that mindset of a positive vibration to pull in those things when you don't necessarily feel like it? So first of all, I don't stay in the high vibration. (laughs) I go and I crash really, really low, really, really far. Um, And that's just part of my process is finding the balance between my human and my anxious mind and my sensitive being and the bigger picture and the trusting and the knowing. And it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And I don't know if anyone has it figured out, Um, but I just allow myself to be where I'm at. And I think that when we do dip or we don't write the post or do the thing, then we're like so hard on ourselves for doing the thing. So what has helped me in this is really the observer. And so even if I'm in a low, I can still observe that I'm in a low. So I remember I was sitting at the kitchen table a couple of weeks ago. I was so grumpy. I was so hungry. I was just like spinning and I was able to be like, how can I support her right now? Like she is spinning, she's spiraling down, she's hungry, she needs to be in the bath, she needs to close her computer. Like I can talk to myself like that. Like, what does she need? How can we take care of this like human ego having an experience right now for like a negative Instagram comment or whatever? You know, there's a million reasons why we go down. Rational or irrational doesn't matter in our minds and bodies. And so staying in the observer of like, okay. And at least being aware enough of knowing I'm having an experience and I want to be having an experience right now. Like I'm having a pity party. I'm giving myself till tomorrow. I'm super anxious. I'm not well. And I don't want to like find the lesson in this yet. I just want to be unwell, but choose it. And I think that's my advice is like, you get a choice and I am aware enough to know that. So even yesterday I had the most anxious day. I actually left group therapy early. Like I just left. I was like, so unwell. And that to me was supporting myself in that moment. Like I wasn't getting it. I wasn't like focused. I wasn't listening. I was so hungry again, common denominator. Um, so anxious and just had to do what was best for myself. And then I was able to just be like, okay, what does she need? She needs to eat. She needs a huge glass of water. Like she needs to just not be on a screen right now. Um, and like take care of myself in that way without like anything else. You know, just like, how do I ease this sensation? How do I, you know, help this headache, help this like physical experience I'm having? That's my only focus is like being there for her. Um, And when we say it that way, again, it's like really shifts to being in service. Like I know the higher self stuff. I have my prayers. I have my guides, but sometimes I'm just so super grumpy. Yeah. 
I need to take care of myself and allow myself to be grumpy. And sometimes I have a little bit of a qualm with like the spiritual culture that I feel doesn't oftentimes allow for the sensitive human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But Ram Dass talks to this a lot about honoring our incarnation as a human and really like finding that balance in between like having a full on human experience because that's what we're here to do um, and also contribute to the bigger picture and, and find that surrendering and find that trust. It's really hard. Um, and every day I feel like I start over and I choose. And yesterday I was like, I am not coming out of this hole. And today it's kind of amazing. As soon as I spoke something out loud last night, rewriting the story, I like had a proposal come through the money I was worried about showed up. This morning, I, it's so silly, but I had lost my ID. I'm about to rent a car in Mexico. It's like this whole drop, this whole Lilo, this whole story of stress. And I get up early today, but I was like in a good mood and went to get ready to go to the DMV. And my ID fell out of the pants that I pulled off the shelf. And like, I haven't worn them in like a month and a half, you know, it's just like, you're just held when you choose to be held. (laughs) And so it's like yesterday, I was like, not choosing that at all. I was grumpy. I was pissed. I was judgmental. And that's what my day was. So just remembering that we have a choice And when you are in the low, just choose it, you know, and own that choice and be, you know, I worked in bed. I was grumpy. Um, And today I'm, I'm up and I'm dressed and I'm, you know, feeling really good. And that's a choice. Nothing has changed. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I find that such a good way to stay in that trust state is ritual. So you mentioned Mm -hmm. a little bit about that. So what other rituals do you have that really ground you throughout the week? I sigh really loud and those people in yoga used to drive me nuts, you know, like the loud sires when they breathe, I sigh really, really loud throughout the day. And it feels so good. Like, a, (sighs) you know, like really go for it. (laughs) And it reminds me to breathe. It reminds me to be in my body. And it's like a tick sort of that I've now turned into like a reminder I'm also surrounding myself with rituals all day. So um, for me, they're reminders. So incense smell is like really big. And so if I'm burning incense or a candle, I'm all of a sudden just in a better space. Um, These little reminders, I have all of these essential oils near every computer, everywhere in my house. I have like spritzers, grounding spritzers, essential oils, like these rituals, these physical rituals as sensitive beings that we can do um, that remind us, okay, we have control. Like, even if I'm just in a stressful meeting, I'll grab my, you know, essential oil that I'm doing right now and just start putting it on my, right. Here we are Cheers. just putting it on my wrist. (laughs) smelling it like, okay, I'm good. You know? So like self-soothing, I think my rituals are all related to self-soothing and, um, whether it's a smell, whether it's socks, like if I'm not wearing socks, it's a whole experience. So I think that we can constantly up-level our quality of life by either getting a glass of water or, you know, putting on something more comfortable or whatever that is, and just being in tune with what we need. So these little self-soothing rituals are really powerful for me. Um, having an essential oil, having, um, like a little Lakshmi statue next to my computer during a big meeting, like the reminders and, 
a lot of people will say, oh, that's attachment and that's material and that's fine. That's where I'm at on my path and I need the reminders, you know? And, um, I also have like a little shrine in every room, um, that have like my favorite deities and guides and gurus. And so it's like, I'm constantly like tricky, like reminding myself. Okay. Um, and if I don't have any of those things, it's my breath. Um, but in the morning, you know, I really set an intention. I wake up, I light my incense, I ring the bell, I make my coffee. We don't work for 30 minutes, no screen time, 30 minutes. And I find when I am most in ritual is when everything flows really smoothly. So on a morning that maybe I'm grumpy or I oversleep and I don't, light the incense and have that experience, it just doesn't go as well. So, it, and it becomes a habit eventually, um, which is really great when our rituals can turn into habits. And it's just like something that we do and we don't have to remember, but I have sticky notes. I'm pulling angel cards. I've got mantras written everywhere. Um, for me, it's a practice of remembering. Awesome. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the podcast since we're on a podcast. So your podcast, the authentic audience podcast has at the time we're recording this 110 episodes out, which is amazing. Mm. What has that journey been like for you? What made you want to start it? And what have you really learned or discovered about yourself in the past 110 episodes? It's a great question. Um, the reason why I started it was because I was having a lot of really powerful conversations with some really cool people offline. And I felt called to share and to guide and facilitate a lot of these conversations. I also like had all of these cool contacts and people in my network and thought what a cool way to highlight them or light them up. And so that's really the goal is to find somebody that I know has information value to share with my audience. It's going to help them in either a big way or a small way, but it's going to be for their good and then light up the person on the show. So, um, find their zone of genius, highlight that, share that, um, and really shine a light on their gifts and what they have to offer. And it's gone really well. Um, it's definitely become more and more conversational and I've had people tell me to shut up and stop talking in my DMS. I'm like, okay, well maybe you shouldn't listen to my podcast if you're wanting to not hear me talk. Um, <laughs> and actually that turned out to be a really beautiful conversation. I have to say though, cause she was like, you should not talk like that, like so much and tell people so much. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a mean thing to say to someone, are you sure you want to enter my space? Like for the first time with this energy. And she was like, I'm just offering constructive feedback. And I'm like, no, you're not. That's like super mean. And I'm like, have been told I'm too much my whole life. Like, I don't understand why you felt the need to like push on someone's wound like that. And then it ended up happening that she is like a super introvert and feels really vulnerable sharing. And we had like this beautiful conversation about why she was so triggered by my oversharing and my ability to. And so it was actually really healing and great, but long story short, I've learned a lot. And, uh, the biggest thing I've learned is that I verbally process and that's what I have really learned on the podcast. So when I get to have conversations unstructured, conversations with somebody that inspires me, whether I've known them for years or, uh, it's our first time meeting, I process out loud 
And so it's been very cool. I think for the audience too, to like be a part of some of those moments with me and I get super vulnerable and I get really honest and it feels like a safe space to do that. So it's also, um, stressful and I sometimes like feel this really weird thing after I record an episode, like, what did I just say? Like every, you know, every like negative, like self doubt, imposter syndrome. Like I don't, I just want to crawl into a hole and not launch that episode. And it always ends up being like one of the most popular ones. So Yeah. And that kind of comes back to what we were saying at the beginning, that your message is so much bigger than your ego. It is. And I have to push through that so often too. When I record an episode, I'm like, oh God, why did I say that that way? Or, you know, maybe I should just cut that part out. But those are the parts that are really going to touch someone else. I, I think so too. And just in general, whether it's on your podcast or on your platform, like if you're really called to share something and then also feel a lot of resistance around sharing it, it's like a little nudge that you should probably share it. And you should probably lean into that because we're so connected. And if you're having an experience that you feel comfortable sharing, chances are it's going to help a lot of people that are also in a similar situation or having that experience. And whenever they find the episode or the post, they're going to feel really seen by you. So that's really my goal with the podcast, with the platforms that I serve people on is about making people feel seen first and foremost, like you're not alone. I think the entrepreneurship, spiritual journey, they're both incredibly lonely. Um, and so that's the first thing is just really wanting to remind people of community and like that you're on a path with other people, even though they might seem islands away um, and then empowered. So then empowered. And then once you actually come and work with us, my intention is to equip you with the right tools. So I'm hoping that our podcast, my podcast does that. And I know that yours will because you're just so good at pulling out the light in people as well. I mean, some of the things you've said today, I'm like, oh my God, people see that. Like it's really working. Like that's so cool to be reflected back who you are, you know? Yeah. I love that. And that was one of the things that helped me in getting over that fear of starting a podcast was the ability to shine the light on somebody else, because it's not about me. It's about the people listening and the people that I'm interviewing and talking with, because I have so many cool connections. That's along the same lines of why I wanted to start it that I'm like, these other people should see how cool these friends of mine are. Like you have to meet Krista. (laughs) Well, and I feel the same way about you is the thing. And so I also think that, you know, we need to give ourselves enough credit that we can facilitate these kinds of conversations. And yes, there's a part for us in it, but Whenever we're sharing, I, even though I share a lot, my intention is always, what can I share? That's going to help somebody else. So it's not just sharing for the sake of like, this is what my day is. It's like, what has happened and what's going on with me and what's coming up for me that is vulnerable and true. That's going to support somebody else for their highest and greatest good. And with that intention, I just don't think we can go wrong. Yes, of course. And I love like your whole message is authenticity Mm. and authentic. So where do you find that authenticity and vulnerability are aligned? Do you think that you have to be vulnerable to be authentic and vice versa? Really good question. Do you have to be vulnerable to be authentic? I think you need to be authentic to be vulnerable. 
Um, for sure. I think it's hard to be vulnerable if you're not being your authentic self. Um, but I don't think you necessarily have to be vulnerable to be authentic if it's not in your best service, you know, if it's not serving you in that moment. Um, I don't necessarily think you have to be as long as it's authentic to you. Mm-hmm. So for me, not being vulnerable and not sharing vulnerably is actually not authentic. When I am in my most authentic self, for anybody listening who knows astrology, I'm a cancer moon. And so vulnerability, sensitivity um, is a huge part of my process, my emotional process, how I relate to people. So to share vulnerably is in fact me being authentic. And I think that that is the case for many people. However, I do not think you have to share vulnerably to be in your authentic self. It might not be authentic for you. It might not be in alignment. I know a lot of Scorpios that are definitely not called, right? Like to share in that kind of way and to communicate deeply in that sort of way. And so to really lean into who you are, I just had somebody who really doesn't want to post on social media. And when I was talking to her, I thought that it was resistance at first, but the more I got to talk to her and the more I found out her chart, um, she wants to be elusive. She wants to be mysterious and she doesn't want to be accessible. And the only way she wants to reach people is via email. And if you don't sign up, then tough luck. And I'm like, great. That's your shtick. Mm -hmm. Like that's authentically true to you. So lean into that, lean into the scare, like, at least like, but still lean in. And so I think the question is oftentimes, is it resistance or is it truly real that this is not who you are? This is not a part of your brand, or is it the fact that you're feeling really resistant and maybe imposter syndrome and comparison and self-doubt and all of these things. And that's why we don't want to show up online or we're anxious or having a bad day versus this is not in my brand to be this person online. For me, for you, it's like very much on brand for us to show up on our stories, to share, to hold space for, to ask, you know, to like facilitate conversation, meaningful conversation is very much a part of our brands. Um, So whether that is true for you or not, it's something to reflect on. Um, But I think that's a really great question. And I'm curious to know your thoughts. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think you totally hit the nail on the head. Like for me, vulnerability is being authentic, Yeah, but it's also vulnerability for me feels more like putting it out there on social media. Mm-hmm. Whereas vulnerability for a Scorpio might be like telling me in a private conversation. Yeah. So it's kind of dependent on where you're sharing too, and how yeah. vulnerable you want to be on a I mean, and then there's people like Glennon Doyle, who I think is a great example, who is so vulnerable online to millions of people, but I have heard is so shy and such an introvert and people expect her almost to be this like super vulnerable person when they meet her, because she's so good at writing that way and using her social media outlet and podcasts and books but then meeting her in person, she's actually really reserved and really shy and um, isn't that like big of an energy that we sometimes might expect her to be. And I think that's really interesting too. Like she's actually a deep introvert and wants to not be on stage 
and have her words speak for that. And I feel like she's really found that great balance in being who she is in the online space. And so I think the bigger conversation and, and for me, it's like, well, what are we doing here? I know that's a big question, but for me, it's about getting really clear on who we are. And so for some, like you and I, astrology has been a path to love for myself to really understanding that human design, um, working with, you know, personality, like we need to know who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know what our gifts are. And then, so we know how to get really good at who we are. So we know what it means to be in alignment. And so we know what it means to be our authentic selves. And also guess what? That eliminates all competition. Um, because when you are your authentic self, nobody's you. So that's another reason why I've been pulling in the spiritual aspect of my business that I've been shying away from for so long, because it's actually what makes me really unique as a marketer in this space and to not lean into who we are and, and who we're supposed to be and be really good at that is not just a disservice to us, but like the people who are going to be on the receiving end of that, getting our like full potential selves. So I think the self-work and that like obsession, um, that we have in our culture with really understanding ourselves to an extent is actually a really beautiful thing, um, that there's so many outlets for us to like learn ourselves again with the right intention, but it's important. I'm all for the personal development. Yeah. I'm like, so (laughs) pro woo woo personal development. I feel like I've been holding back, you know, and, um, people won't respect me as a business person. And I think sadly I had to find that success first in business before I could like almost come out as a witch, but it's kind of a bummer. I think in, in many ways that it took me this long, but again, I'm where I'm at now and I can only know what I know going forward. So witchy business from now on. <laughs> yes. I love that. And that's your authentic self too. So exactly. that's who you should be. Exactly. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our time, but I have some rapid fire questions mm-hmm. for you that I want to close with. So what app do you use the most on your phone? Notes. Oh, okay. That's cool. I have the widget that has notes like massive, you know, and I'm constantly drives my team crazy because everything I do is in my notes and, you know, any creative hit, any to-do list, any writing, like I'm constantly externally processing, writing, doing. And so I'm in my notes like all day on my phone. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What is your go-to Starbucks order? I am a grande oat milk, double shot latte kind of gal. Awesome. What is your favorite quote? Hmm. I have two. My first one right now is escape competition through authenticity. And that's from Naval. And my second one is from Neem Karoli Baba, an Indian guru and teacher. And that is work is worship. Oh, so good. That's perfect for our podcast episode too. (laughs) What's the best concert you've ever been to? Trevor Hall, Red Rocks, for sure. Um, Last year. Yeah, last year, Trevor Hall, Red Rocks. Trevor Hall live at Red Rocks, hands down, best experience. What's your favorite number? Four. What is your zodiac sign? Or give us a little bit about your chart in general for people who speak astrology. Okay. High level. I'm Gemini. 
in the fifth house, which is probably not going to be surprising to anyone, which is Leo. Um, and I am a cancer moon in the sixth house of Virgo. And that also makes a lot of sense to people if they know astrology. Mm -hmm. And I am Aquarius rising and I have little to no earth in my chart. (laughs) Mm. What's your favorite city besides the one you live in? Tokyo. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Who was your first celebrity crush? Ryder Strong, who was Sean from Boy Meets World. Yes. Yes. I love him too. What a babe. (laughs) And what do you want your legacy to be? Mm. I want my legacy to be, you know, I remember when Nancy Reagan passed away, like um, a few years ago, or it was like 20, it was a while ago, but they were doing this special on TV and they were talking about how she, like the biggest thing she was remembered for was how much she loved her husband. And I think that really stuck with me of like everything and that she was the one a little bit like in his ear. And I always remember thinking after that, maybe I'm supposed to be Nancy Reagan, like just be so in love, you know, with my partner and my beloved. And I think that that ultimately is what I want to be remembered for is our love. And we have a lot to do on that because we put all of our time into our business right now. But I think love and family, um, and honestly paving the way and being bold and disruptive, in, in the business world anyway, and like really preaching truth and love, truth and love. That's what I want it to be. Truth and yes, love. I love that. That's so Gemini <laughs> and Sag. That's totally your chart. Very awesome. Well, I'm living my chart for sure. And that is something I'm very proud of. Yes, definitely. Me too. All right. Well, how can people connect with you going forward? Give us a little call to action here at the end. Great. Um, so everything is on our business website is authenticaudience.co.co and my personal site with all of my links is kristaritma.com. So you can find just every link you'd ever want there. And I'm Krista Ritma on IG and that's the platform that I share the most on and that I'm the most accessible on. I love DMS. I'm like a big DM chatter. (laughs) And again, shocking Gemini's Mm -hmm. we talk in our DMS all the time, you and I, Mm -hmm. um, and I love it. So just get in touch, connect, um, reach out and yeah, my world is a lot of marketing, a lot of plants, a lot of mindset and a lot of witchy. I love it. And of course the authentic audience podcast, one of my favorite podcasts to listen yeah, to. Okay. So, so believe it too. or not, I am pausing it after this week. It's an episode 111 because I'm taking some time off, but it will be back. I have so many guests lined up for January, but if you're new, it's a great binge. I have to say, um, I know I'm a little bit biased, but people write me all the time and they say, Oh, I discovered your podcast on this flight or on this long drive. And I binge 10 episodes. So each episode is super different and obviously we'll always find you at the exact right time you need it. So, um, all very, all very timely and all available wherever you listen to podcasts, you can just search the authentic audience podcast. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Krista. It was so fun. We could talk forever. So I'll have to have you back on at some point. And then you can come on mine and then we can. Yeah. I'm so down. That would be great. 
Oh my God, you guys, how good was that? Everything that she said, I feel like was just speaking right to my heart. Even editing this episode back, I felt like, oh my gosh, I forgot that she had said that when we were live. And so it really hit home for me on so many different levels. And it's going to be hard to come up with only three takeaways. But as you know, at the end of every episode, I give you the three best takeaways in my perspective from the episode. So here we go. The first takeaway is tying your self-worth, especially as a woman, to being available to people. And I love how Krista in her business says nothing is ASAP. If somebody writes to her with ASAP in the subject line, she's like, uh, no, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. And that boundary is so powerful, especially when you're running a business because you can be pulled in so many different directions and you really are the one who gets to choose what is ASAP, not somebody else putting that on you. That's been one of my biggest lessons in 2021. I feel like as a business owner for the past seven years, I used to, when I got a text, I would be drop everything to go help that client. And I've really learned even to just not even respond to texts right away from friends and family members. Like they know I'm busy and I will get back to them as soon as possible. And extending that same understanding to other people that you're working with as well. So when you send an email, don't put ASAP in the subject line. Okay. My next big takeaway was I love how she suggested writing down your five wins for the next year. And I think this is so great coming into 2022. I'm definitely going to be doing this practice and I recommend that you do too. Write down your wins so you know what you're working towards. You can create a strategy in order to be able to get there and then you can celebrate when they happen. And my third and final takeaway is I love how she talked about really tapping into her observer and implementing self-soothing rituals to be able to choose her mood, to choose a more positive mood. So she talked about when she was hungry, saying, okay, what does she need right now? Okay, well, she probably needs to eat something. She needs a glass of water. She needs some essential oils. And really creating that practice and that habit for yourself of tapping in from an outside vantage point of what you need can be so powerful to be able to live your best life, to be able to choose a more positive mood, and to be able to show up as the best version of yourself. Thanks so much to Krista for being on today's episode. I love talking with you and I can't wait to connect again soon. If you guys love this episode as much as I did, definitely make sure you follow Krista on Instagram at Krista Ritma. She's one of my favorite follows and she's going to be announcing a new webinar coming up soon that's on business energetics. So if you like this conversation around witchy business, definitely keep an eye on her Instagram at Krista Ritma because she'll announce it there soon. And I also want to make a plug for her podcast, The Authentic Audience Podcast, one of my faves. You can go listen to it now wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. So shoot me a DM at HeyCarrieAnd or shoot Krista a DM and tell us what your takeaways were from this episode. We would love to connect with you in our DMs as the Geminis that we are. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you heard something that will inspire you to be your best selfie. If you liked what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your socials or review it through Apple Podcasts. This podcast is still really new, so sharing and reviewing will help spread the word to the people who need to hear it. And I would love to connect with you. Reach out on Instagram at and and let me know your takeaways from this episode. I'll be back next week with another new episode. And until then, don't ever let your mind stop you from having a good time. Podcast.